Welcome to the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. In this episode, Jeremy talks about Old Granddad 114 and keeping your mouth shut. This is episode seven of season two of the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Hey there, Backyardigans. How y'all are? How you doing? It's been forever. It's been more than quite a while since I've been on here. Since my last podcast, I've finally surpassed over 1,000 listens to my stories, and I have to tell you, that is just incredible. I remember being surprised when I hit 25 listens to this podcast, so to have over 1,000 is simply astounding. Uh, thank you all very much for listening to my crap. Uh, it also reminds me I have to keep up with this, so I apologize it's been so long. Uh, I blame busy schedules uh, because, well, that used to be the truth. Now with the coronavirus thing, that's not necessarily the truth. But it's also played out, so we'll just move on. How you been? How has your 2020 gone so far? <laughs> he asked, ironically. Can you ask a question ironically? You know, a year ago, we lost my grandfather. A little more than a year ago, actually. I think. Yeah, it was in January of last year, so yeah. Um, he was the last surviving grandparent I had left uh, as my mom's dad and it occurred to me nothing reveals how fast time flies by than uh the the death of a loved one um i remember thinking that was over a year ago somehow it really puts a stamp on time in a way nothing else does so in honor of that i picked up the old granddad 114 it's 114 proof so 57 percent alcohol packing a real punch. Uh, I've seen several folks post on social media about it, and so I figured I'd try it myself. I like the uh, Bottled and Bond Old Granddad fairly well, so I wanted to see how this went down. I actually liked it better. But that brings up another thing I've been thinking about my podcast, and that is I don't think anyone really tunes into my show to hear how I like a specific bourbon or how I don't like a specific bourbon. I mean, do you? Don't you tune in to hear my stupid stories and hear me rant about traffic? It's not like I'm some type of sommelier with all sorts of degrees and experience, right? No one's under that impression, are they? I like bourbon, I like lots of types of bourbon, and if I come across a new unique brand, I'll tell you, but until then, it's probably just safe to say that I'm still loving the Wild Turkey 101 or Weller or Evan Williams 1783 or Larceny. Oh, I've been on a Larson, Larceny, Larceny kick as of late. And man, it's good. Uh, it helps that the local store knocked $10 and change off the price tag. Actually, more than helped, if I'm completely honest. I mean, I'm not cheap. Yeah, I'm kind of cheap, but it's more that I'm suspicious, you know what I mean? I'm suspicious of companies driving false demand leading to higher prices so their accountants and CEOs can go home with ever-increasing raises and bonuses. It's just not, it's not just distilleries that do this. Um, I'm suspicious of everybody. Um, my, I'm a hardcore dyed-in-the-wool capitalist. Make what you can while the sun still shines, right? Make, make as much money as you can, but don't expect me to foot the bill, all right? If you want to find a sucker, more power to you. Just keep on looking past my house. I love that there are Instagram accounts focused on calling out the price drivers. We need to expose those creeps charging $200 a bottle for Weller. I love Weller, but you guys are, uh, well, I won't say you're, uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to move on. 
In other news, other than a new year and that whole global pandemic that's happening, that's happened in the months since I've posted anything, um, back on April 7th, our good coach Gundy decided to chime in on his thoughts about how soon he could see his football team returning to the quote-unquote office, as it were. If you didn't know, everyone's been shut out of every building on campus, and I'm sure it's that way all across the nation uh, as far as universities go. So he's obviously amped up to get things back to normal, as we all are. Earlier that day, Lincoln Riley, the coach from that team down south that I won't mention, was asked the same question by the media. How soon do you see your team returning? Knowing the media's looking for a soundbite, he, Lincoln Riley avoids this trap. He gives out his canned answers, right? Uh, you know, we're not the ones who get to make that decision, blah, blah, blah. Kids come back when the officials say it's okay, blah, blah, blah. We're just taking it one day at a time, blah, blah, blah. One front in front of the other, blah, blah, blah. Kind of reminds me of Kevin Costner's character in Bull Durham. He's teaching Nuke Lelouch how to give a media interview. And he says, of course it's boring. That's the point, right? That, that's the point. Avoid anything that will easily become a distraction to your team by a media constantly putting your words front and center. It was textbook avoidance. Riley gets an A-plus for doing it. His team won't have to answer a billion questions about it for the next six months. And his university won't have to come up with a hastily concocted media response to the good coach's comments. And Riley won't have to go on a forced apology tour three days later. Meanwhile, in Stillwater, Gundy says, hold my beer. Mullet Mike then went on a 20-minute diatribe on how he thinks things will be ready to start back up May 1st. How we need football and how these kids aren't getting the virus and they're, quote, healthy and they have the ability to fight this virus off. And, end quote, and how we got to get this country back to work. And then, oh yeah, he's not an expert. Whew. As Monica Lewinsky would say, coach, that's a mouthful. How about no? How about you think about your team, your university, your state first, rather than how this has increased the legend of the mullet. Think about how this is gonna play out. Think about how you represent the people from my alma mater to the rest of the nation. They already think we're just a bunch of redneck tiger kings running around, shooting guns, chasing buffalo, swelling moonshine, and living in mud huts. Think about the media hungry for a story uh, right about now, half of whom think you should be paying your payer players to play. You've already said you don't agree with that. And now the media have all they need to play you like a slave owner. Mike Gundy wants to put you right back to work even though it's not safe. Nice job, nice job. There's nothing dumber than giving your opponent bulletin board material. That's nothing more than selfish thinking and being caught in your own echo chamber. Nobody needed to hear your thoughts. All you had to do was shut up, give the canned answer, and avoid that minefield. That was clearly a setup. Lincoln Riley saw it and completely avoided it, but you fell for it. You wanna be prepared and ready for May 1st? Good, great, grand, wonderful, that's your job. Do it, but don't talk about it. And if the doctors and officials, of which you are not a part, decide it's cool to go back, then you're ready. And if the doctors and officials, again, a group of which you are not a part, decide it's not cool to go back, and if this surge we're supposed to experience right about then does actually happen, nobody has to pull out a screenshot of your comments and a calendar with a big red circle around May 1st. 
You just get to stay under the radar. Surely you can prepare and keep your mouth shut at the same time. But now you got something to say. And everyone just loves everything you have to say, right? Didn't you hear the silence on the other end of the line of that conference call? That was the sound of a hundred journalists writing down your every word while thinking this is solid gold. Did you have an agreement with ESPN to give, get a piece of the traffic dollars after this went public? Every sports news organization should be on their knees thanking you for stepping on that big red button that said, don't step here. What followed was the university going into panic mode, trying to both distance itself from your stupid comments and not throw you under the bus at the same time. Then, days later, you were forced to send out the it's come to my attention that my words may have offended some people apology that is never an apology, isn't sincere, isn't accepted, nobody buys that you believe what was typed up for you to say, everybody knows that it was typed up for you to say, just, just don't, just shut up. That's all you had to do, just shut up. Someone pointed out this to me years ago, but I, I didn't want to believe it. I, I don't know if I believe it now. But they said Mike is a big fan of Mike. Everything else is just a means to getting more Mike. I still don't know if I believe it, but this sure didn't help. Okay. Okay, kids, that'll about do it for this episode. We are back once again. Uh, we never left. We might be back again. Huge thanks one more time to everyone listening to my podcast. I truly appreciate it. I hope I keep you entertained. If not, I don't blame you for skipping on to the next podcast you have to listen to. Um... Again, if you have any comments on my program or the pictures and videos I provide, please drop me a line at backyardbourbonbroadcast at gmail.com or find us on the interwebs or social media. We are on Instagram at Backyard Bourbon Broadcast and on Twitter at Bourbon and Story. And you can always visit our webpage, backyardbourbon.wixsite.com. I know, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I'm doing this for free, so take it or leave it. Once again, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time on the next episode of Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Love you, Liam. <laughs>